0: Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Mesa Christian Church. Three different versions of the scripture. They're saying the same thing, but one is taken directly from the Greek and Aramaic. And it just gives you a bit of a glimpse about what this is saying. And it says, firstly, in the message version, it says, The world of the generous gets larger and larger, and the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Uh, I like that word stingy it gives us a good picture of what it kind of means. Another version that's the passion translation, which is a great translation it says the generous uh, generosity brings prosperity, but withholding from charity brings poverty. And again in the new living translation it says give freely and become more wealthy, be stingy and lose everything. That's pretty full-on. So for a moment, The world of the generous gets larger and larger and the world of the stingy or those that withhold gets smaller and smaller. Have you thought about recently what is your world? What is your world? Because your world isn't the same as my world. Our worlds that we live in are different because we, the world you live in is the, is the places you go, it's the people you meet, it's the people you influence, it's the areas you go regularly. And so your world isn't the same as my world, but our worlds cross over. So tonight, part of your world is you're here at Bayside Church in church, and tonight all our worlds are crossing over and we're all sitting together, and in this moment in time, which we're never going to live again, you are here, and we are here together, and tomorrow you're going to look back and you can't change that, that's just how it is, and our worlds have crossed over, so our worlds can have influence, our worlds can influence us, and we can have influence in people, and so it's important to think, what is my world, what's happening in my world, what How am I influencing my world? How is my world that I live in influencing me? And is my world getting larger and larger? Or is my world getting smaller and smaller? Or is my world kind of just staying the same? For someone who is generous, the Bible says their world keeps getting bigger. In other words, that could look like that, that the people they're influencing is a larger proportion of people. It could be more people are being influenced, more, they maybe they go into different places, or their world's getting bigger. They've currently got more and more people they're having as friends, or something like that. And so their world is growing. And so when we're generous, the Bible says, our world automatically starts to get a bit bigger. But it also says that if we withhold... And if we choose to be, oh, I'm not going to be generous, and I'm not, and you know, when we say generosity, a lot of people say, oh, we're just talking about money, and no, I'm not talking about money, it, it generosity is, that's, that's probably the lowest level of generosity right there, is money. Generosity goes far beyond that, I'm going to share some about what that means, and how far it goes in a moment, but so our, you know, it's not about what I have, or whatever, but it's like, if I withhold of being generous with my life, with who I am, all the things that I have or whatever it may be, then your world actually starts to get smaller because you become introverted maybe and rather than extroverted. You look inwardly and you're sort of like it's all about me kind of happen instead of it's about others and not just about ourselves. And so does everyone know what I'm talking about tonight? So our world, when we're generous, gets larger and larger. But when we withhold and we're stingy, is that word again, our world can get smaller and smaller and smaller and so i stole this from our we did this at kids church the other week i stole this example so when i'm generous my world gets bigger like this balloon keeps getting bigger and so i've got this balloon that's kind of leaking and so i can be generous okay so i need three hands but that's all good So I've got, I can be generous in a few different ways. So first of all, I can be generous with money, with finances. We can all do that. So here you go, Glenda, that's yours. You can have that. I'm going to be generous. You've got five bucks. You can do whatever you want with that. And so you can can, um, be generous in that way. And so Jesus talked a lot about generosity. Jesus just didn't talk about it. He demonstrated it as well. Oh, by the way, because I gave that away, we will keep going. And so... My world got a little bit bigger because I gave to uh, Glenda that money. And Jesus talked a lot about giving. He talked a lot about generosity, and he just didn't talk about it. He demonstrated it, and he just didn't talk about it. He talked about a lot about wealth and a lot about money, a lot about possessions, heaps about it, actually. He talked more about that than he did about heaven and hell. And so he talked a lot about that stuff because it's stuff that affects our lives, it's stuff that we're faced with all the time. And so he talked about that. And when I'm stingy, see, that's what happens. And so he talked about his world and what was going on, and he demonstrated that to other people. And so we can give. So there's ways you can give. So financially, you can give. You can give your money. And we and the Bible says to give our tithes, our 10% to God and offerings to others. And so we do that. And he talked a lot about money because money is something we use all the time. Uh, it's something we live by. And Money, if it controls you, you can, you've got a problem, really. If, if money is what you put all your faith in, all your hope in, then you can run into trouble. But when you understand and use money wisely, it's a tool that's very good and very effective that God wants us to use wisely. And so money is one way that we can give. And then another way we can give is also possessions. Now, I have a wallet here that uh, is all the way from Scotland, and it uh, was given to me um, by a family member, but I'm not going to use it, so I decided that I'm going to give it away. And so uh, it's all the way from Scotland, made of uh, Harris Tweed, whatever that is, and uh, it's genuine Harris Tweed. And uh, anyway, it's a nice wallet. And uh, so I just want to give that away tonight to someone. And I was looking at someone before. Where are they? They're around here somewhere. Can't find them. Where's Peter Taylor gone? He was here just before. He might have just went outside. Anyway, I'm going to give that to him if he comes back inside and uh, otherwise he might miss out. But you can be generous with your possessions that you have. And you know, I was thinking about this about possessions and things like that. Sometimes you have possessions you can give them away, but other times you can have possessions um, that you can actually use to bless people with. And so, for example, you could you could have a car and uh, you can bless people by you know someone may not have a car they want to come to church or they want to go somewhere they might need to get up the street or something like that to an appointment and you can actually use your car to bless someone by driving them there and saying i'll give you a lift it's all good and so you can do that and uh and so god is using that possession that you have to actually be a blessing to someone else here's peter he's at the back he's been there Helping out on the front lines tonight. I've got a possession I want to give to you. It's a wallet. I don't know if you need a wallet or not, but I felt to give this to you tonight. It's all the way from Scotland, and uh, I hope you like the Scottish wallet so you can <laughs> enjoy that. And so, and uh, so, it's great to be able to give things away. It's great to be able to bless people in different ways. And uh, you know, years ago, uh, my dad, when he died, gave me a boat, uh, a fishing boat. It's a very nice boat, and uh, and so. I, offer, I love taking people out in the boat. I love taking people out fishing in the boat, especially people that haven't really caught many big fish or whatever and, and they go out and you see the look on their face when they catch this big fish or take some fish home to eat or stuff like that. And so I love being generous with that possession that I have. Now, what would be not good is if I had that boat and I went, well, i got this boat and you know I know there's some people keen to go out and I go, no, I'm not taking you out. I'll just, just take myself and my family. It's just mine. I'm not going to take, I'm not. no, I, you can't, the boat's, you might wreck my boat so you can't come out in the boat. Uh, and so you might, you might, you know, you might dirty up the boat so you can't come. And so to me, that would be, that would be a terrible thing to do to like withhold. And like, if I had that attitude, my world and my influence on people would grow smaller and smaller. I go, mate, you're stingy. I just wanted to come out for a fish, haven't caught a fish, and and uh, but okay, that's fine. And and so, but when I can use it and as a possession to bless someone else, my world gets larger. And I've taken people out that I've known well, I've taken people out that I've hardly ever known, a friend of a friend, and and just and you get to know people, you get to influence people, and I love doing that kind of stuff. So our money and possessions can be used to be generous, can be used by God to bless others and you know, influence others' lives. But money and possessions aren't real riches. They're, they in they, in our world, someone who's wealthy has a lot of money. We look, oh, they're wealthy. They, they're rich. We, we label them as that. But really, money and possessions are really a tool that we use to live our life because money and possessions don't last. Money and possessions, when, when you die, they, they aren't going anywhere. They aren't going with you. There's other riches that Jesus talked about that are far greater than our possessions and our money. And so God uses us, you know, God and God will allow, you know, I know um, Christian businessmen are very wealthy and God uses them to be an incredible blessing in the kingdom of God to help the poor and needy and do all this kind of stuff. And And they've learned that, you know, people say, well, they've got a lot of money, but but they're just, they're using it as a tool and God is using them to be, to bless so many people, millions of people around the world because they've learned and sort of the perspective is that, hey, God has given this to me so I can be generous and so there's a story in the bible that jesus came uh, and he was talking to this young guy the rich young ruler and and this guy came to jesus and and asked him a few questions as like this in luke 18 18 to 27 this is the amplified version it gives us a full picture of what was going on here and what was really said it says a certain ruler asked jesus good teacher you are essentially and morally good what shall I do to inherit eternal life? That is inherit, uh, in, that is eternal salvation in the Messiah's kingdom. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is essentially and morally good except God alone. That was kind of a trick question there. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not testify falsely. Honor your father and mother, he replied. I have kept all these things from my youth. So, uh, so he's done all that stuff. So he's a good guy. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything that you have and distribute the money to the poor and you will have abundant treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. Becoming my disciple, believing and trusting in me and walking the same path of life that I walk. When he became very sad because he was extremely rich. Jesus looked at him and said, how difficult it is for those who are wealthy to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man who places his faith in wealth or status to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But he said, the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Now, what was Jesus saying there? Was Jesus then, was that telling all of us that we have to sell all our possessions and give everything away? No, it wasn't. He was talking specifically to that guy. The reason why he was talking and said that to him was it gave us the clue that he had all his faith in his wealth and riches. So he had placed all his faith, everything, his status, everything of life was all in that. In other words, if he lost his riches, he was scared that his whole life was going to fall apart and it may have because if that's where you put your faith in when you lose that thing then everything else can fall apart. And so Jesus, he because he, he came direct to Jesus and what do I do to inherit eternal life? He wanted a direct answer. So Jesus gave him a direct answer. He said you've done all that other stuff which is awesome, but then he says you lack this one thing. He said and he goes straight for the thing that he knew was the most precious to his heart because he knew that God wasn't the number one thing that God wasn't coming first but his wealth and his riches was and so Jesus said if you were to sell all that and come follow me he says you will have abundant riches in heaven and so what was Jesus actually saying and what was he talking about what did he want him to do he was saying if you sell all that come follow me in other words, he said, come and be my disciple in doing the things that Jesus did. Come and w- live the life that I live. In other words, come and impact people like I'm going to impact them. In other words, he would have become a disciple of Jesus. He would have seen miracles happen. Maybe he would have became one of the 12 close disciples. I don't know. But obviously, Jesus says, come follow me and you'll have abundant riches in heaven. So Jesus was saying this, that he said, These, the wealth and the riches you have are temporary. They're here on earth, but there's, there's some riches that you don't realize that are going to go beyond temporary. They're going to be eternal. And he was saying that when what you impart into others' lives and what you sow into others' lives and what you do for others as Jesus did, and when he said, if you come follow me, you'll do that as well. He said, in heaven, there's going to be a portion in heaven. Some of that honor, some of those riches in heaven is going to be what you've imparted into those people's lives because that will live on for eternity. And he says, while... Your wealth can give you comfort here on earth and you can pull your faith in that. There's going to come a time when that's just going to be gone and you're going to go, what do I do with my life? Then you start thinking about eternity. And so he went straight to the point and saying there's greater riches than our possession. There's greater riches than our wealth. There's greater riches than our money. And he says, come follow me. But he couldn't do it. And he walked away sad. And so, and then then all these other other disciples are saying, well, then who can get to heaven? How can, you know, if he can't do it, when he's done all those good things right. So Jesus says, no, you're missing the point. You're missing the point. God, anything is possible with God. It wasn't about everybody. It was about him. He asked a direct question and Jesus went straight directly to his heart. And so... Riches and money and possessions are an incredible tool and an incredible way to bless people. But there's other th- ways to be generous. There's other ways to bless people that actually go beyond that. Because I can, you know, give Glenda $5 and she'll say, that's awesome, thank you very much and, and do whatever she wants to do with it. But, you know, in 12 months' time, Glenda's still not going to be, you know, thinking about, oh, remember the night? When Peter gave me $5 and, you know, and all that, she's, she'll forget about that for a while, which is totally fine. You're, it's, no, it's okay to forget about it. And so, I'm not to be offended, it's okay. And so, and then, um, and, so, and I gave the wallet to Peter or whatever, and he's going, oh, that's awesome, and he might want to use it, he might not want it, he might want to pass it on to someone else, I don't know, you can do whatever you want with it. But, you know, after a while, after a year or so, he might, oh, yes, I remember he gave me that, but after a while, he probably will forget. And so, and that can be like our, our money. You know, we can just sort of use money as a tool and possessions and that. And after a while, it kind of wears off. You get something brand new. I thought, this has also got a new car or whatever it may be. And after a while, it becomes just your car. It's just my car. And if you get to clean it and wash it, and your car gets, was brand new. But it's kind of like, now you look in there, it's full of McDonald's wrappers and uh, and dust and all that. Don't, who's, yeah, don't. don't like. And so... And so, gets and get, he went first. It was like, "Oh, it's immaculate! Don't you dare eat in my car! You get that out of my car! It's my brand new car!" And now it's like you're eating in your car, and there's food flying everywhere, and there's rubbish everywhere, and you're like chucking it over your shoulder in the back seat because, like, the, the novelty's worn off. It was my awesome possession. It's kind of like, "Oh, yeah, it's just my car. <laughs> it's just my car." You know, I've met people that. I've I've known some people that are wealthy that have they've worked hard and have built up a lot of money and money became their number one thing. How you doing? Yeah, you, well, yeah, that's a that's presents way too big for you. They're too heavy as well. We put bricks in them exactly for that reason. And so <laughs> and so, you know, and I've met people that have you know worked hard and they and they their focus was money. and one guy who was a, who was a millionaire in Harvey Bay and lives overseas now and. And um and but money became his focus and thought if I just get this and but the problem was that, you know, you'd earn so much and you got so much and you did well but then and bought possessions and bought these fancy, you know, expensive cars and this kind of stuff. And then but it's like every time he's saying, I've got to make more money says, I need, I, it's not, I'm not satisfied. And so money doesn't satisfy, and so I've seen it. The cycle, people just who get, who get wealthy and they're focused on money, they just want more, and they want more, and they want more. The thing is, if you, it's okay to have money and wealth and possessions, but the satisfaction comes is when you are receiving it, but you're giving it out and being generous. That's where the blessing comes. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And so we can give... With our finances and possessions. Another area I want to talk about, a couple of more areas which I think are even greater ways, and that's we can be generous with our words. Our words that we say to people and speak into people's lives will be remembered longer than the possessions or money that we can give. I can still remember people in my life when I was 12, 13, 14 years old, people who were leaders in church and different people, family members, actually speaking, encouraging me and coming up to me at different times. I remember on a camp one time and and they came up to me and just said a few words and I can still remember those words were so powerful and I can still remember what they say because they were so impacting in my life. Like I can walk up to someone, I can walk up to Ash over here and say, Ash, God's hand is upon your life. And he saved you for a purpose. He has a destiny in your life. And there's nothing that he can't do through you and in you. And you don't have to fear the future because God is with you. And he's going to use your life to be a blessing to others, to multiply others and to save others and to help others and to transform others. And, and, so, and, and I just believe that God, the best days are ahead for you. And don't even don't look at what's happened in the past, but look ahead because God has the best in store. There's greater days ahead. And so you can speak into someone's life. Now I can give Ash five bucks and go, Hey, mate, have a good night. Hope you're fine. It's all good. But Ash going, Rash would probably say, I'd rather you speak into my life and let me just hear some of God's heartbeat into my life rather than five bucks. And so you can get a word from God or you can get a friend that will hang around you and be so positive. I know Troy's been a great influence in Ash's life and so he can hang around. He's always, Troy's a great encourager and so he's always in someone's ear going, man, you can do it you can you can god's going to use you god's with you you know and so you have a down day but you can have that person right next to you who's your encourager and, and who will speak words of life and that is far more valuable than riches that is far more valuable than possessions or far more valuable broken into your life i want to tell you a story you want that balloon you are more than welcome to have it there you go and so there you go that my balloon just got bigger because i was generous thank you so, so, I want to tell you a story. Um, my daughter, Olivia, every time we, um, every time on the way to school, every day, I'm usually dropping them off at school. And uh, Olivia and Roy, we're in the car, and uh, we'll pray. We pray. I pray over them, and, we, and I get them to pray and make sure they speak, speak out some scriptures they've learned and, and pray and things like that. So, I pray that, and Emma does the same thing, that when they're in their school that their lives would be a light that would shine to others around them, that, they just, that, they, that Jesus would shine out in what they say, what they do, wherever they are. And so we pray that every single day over them. And so re- recently uh, Riley comes up to me and, and says, he asked me, it was just before day before Halloween uh, recently, and, uh, and he comes up to me and goes, what's Halloween about? Because the kids, you know, he's in here too. The kids obviously talk about it, and it's all you know, see advertising all you know, that kind of stuff. And so I, I told him that I should have told him the PG version, uh, that rather than the really gruesome stuff. What if you know the history of what Halloween come from? It's pretty gruesome, pretty full on. And um, and so I told him a bit about what it's about, and he goes, "Oh, that's not very good," and all that. And so that was what he—he just wanted to know, you know, get in his head know what people actually celebrating this what it's about so I did that anyway the next day's Halloween he goes to school he comes home and uh he says to me oh um just by the way I I went to all my my classmates were talking about Halloween and all that kind of stuff and and so he said I went you know individually to all my classmates in my class all throughout the day and I told them what Halloween was really about (laughs) and um and they said oh really I don't think I want to celebrate Halloween anymore. That's terrible. And so anyway, I said, okay, I haven't had any phone calls from teachers, so that's good. But um <laughs> but you know, but I but that's you know, he and he, he loves speaking the truth and just saying it how it is, so he went and told him, you know, you realize what you're celebrating? And so and then another thing that's happened recently is my daughter Olivia has a friend at school and um who you know, she's just been friends and spent time with her and, and hang around with her and all that kind of stuff at school and, and uh, you know, at the end of the year, they she's just finished primary school and going to high school next year and so they write, you know, notes to each other and Christmas cards and all that and and uh, they did these formal speeches up on stage at their awards night and, and this particular friend mentioned Olivia's name, said, you've been the best friend to me all this year, throughout the year and all that kind of stuff. And recently... Um, she came up to Olivia about two months ago, two, two and a half months ago, and said, um, you know, oh, you said, you go, you, something's different about you. Do You go to church, don't you? And, and Olivia doesn't go and talk about church or being a Christian, really, but pe- if people ask, she talks about it. And uh, she goes, yeah, I go to church. She goes, oh, you know, you're different. Do you, do you think I could come along? And you think I'd come to church? And I've shared a little bit of this story on another night a few weeks ago when I was preaching. And uh, and so she said, yeah, you can come along. So then Olivia, smart Olivia, says, "Oh, I'll organise a sleepover. You should go and stay over Saturday night. And then you come to church the next morning. So that was fine. We organised that. And her parents dropped her off and all that kind of stuff. And and, uh, and they came over. She came to church. And came to kids' church. Love kids' church. And then that next Sunday, her grandparents, um, who had used to go to church 20 years ago... And uh, but hadn't gone for 20 years and sort of just went into business, did all these other things, um, they came and they were going to come and pick her up. Their grandparents lived with uh, her parents. And so that was fine. They decided instead of coming at the end of the service, they would come to church, to our second service at 10.30. They came along, sat in the service, at the end of the service, they both gave their lives to Jesus, recommitted their lives to Jesus. And so this all happened in about three days. Uh, and, and he was also suffering with cancer and since he's had an operation and, and stuff and the dog said he needed to have an operation, he got a tumour that's uh, growing and then he got prayed for, prayer God touched him powerfully uh, that morning I think it was as well or the next week and, um, and, as soon, and he had another checkup, and the tumour, as soon as he had prayer the tumour stopped growing. And uh, and it was growing, and they went in the op- operation, and then weeks later, and he's had that, and the tumor didn't get any bigger, and they've removed it, and basically that's all that needs to happen, and it hadn't spread anywhere else in his body or anything like that, and so that's all happened. So then, so that's all good. So they started coming to church. They've been here nearly every week, and uh, and Olivia's friends been coming to kids' church every week, and then she has conversations with with Olivia, and saying, oh, you know, saying I I really want to, you know, give my I think I want to give my life to Jesus, and they're having conversations about. Jesus all the time at school, and, and hearing about Jesus at kids' church, and all this kind of stuff. Then Anyway, last week, um, before our Christmas concert, which was last uh, Sunday night, there was a Thursday night practice, and Emily's in the last eight weeks, also joined our kids' dance team, and so she'd come to kids' church, and then she was part of the dance team that did a, you're just, you're just taking all the attention away from all this whole message, and uh, you know, it's all good, just don't fall down this side of that stage. Anyway, I'm going to continue with the story. So last week, last not last Thursday, the Thursday before, there was a, a practice for the for a Christmas concert and the kids dance and, and uh, Olivia's friend was in the dance team, and her mum came that night to sit at the rehearsal. She sat over here and uh, to just pick her daughter up, and she sat there and and the and the band, the choir was up on stage and and they played a song and she sat there just listening. And then the kids did their dance, and I walked over to see her, and she had tears streaming down her face. Sat in church here for ten minutes in a practice, and the presence of God. She just and she and she and she said, "This reminds me when I was, you know, she was like nineteen or twenty. This exactly exactly, reminded me of everything, of everything when I was back in church. I've just been reminded of it all." She says. And they'd planned on coming to the Christmas concert last Sunday night. And she goes, I think I need to start coming back to church every week, not just to the concert. And so, they, so she came. She came last Sunday night, Christmas concert. And her husband came as well, who wasn't going to come. But then because she came to the practice and talked to him, he came as well. So in the last, you know, eight or ten weeks, just because of spending time and giving time and kind words and friendship to someone, suddenly the grandparents and the mum and dad and Olivia's friend have all started coming to church. And Olivia didn't even go out and try and speak or about Jesus or do anything at all. They, she just came to her. And so being generous, people are just... And when, I, when I saw that and heard that, I thought, how many people are in our city... And all that needs to happen is they need to sit in this church for 10 minutes and feel God's presence and God will do what needs to be done. How many hundreds, how many thousands of people are sitting in our city just waiting for that to happen? So we can be generous with our words. And I want to tell you that that story, that whole thing is much more valuable than possessions. It's much more valuable than worth. It's much more. You can't buy that with money. It's good to be generous with money and our possessions, but I think it's even better to be generous and with our words, and speaking words of life into people, speaking truth into people. The fourth thing I want to talk about is this: before we finish tonight, is that we need to be generous with our friendship and our time. That's what Olivia did, you know. And so, you know, time is something that. Um, it's not something, you know, time is so valuable. The longer you go into life, you realise how valuable time is. Money, we say money valuable. Yes, it is. But you can lose money and then you can actually get it back again. But you can lose time and you can never get it back again. And so what you do with your time is extremely important. What you... You've made time... To be here tonight. You've chosen to use the time that you have to be in this place. How we use our time is extremely important. And we need to value the time we have and make sure we don't waste it, but we use it wisely. Time Friendship and the time we spend with people will be remembered for a lifetime. I tell you what if you, if you will give your time to go and spend with someone or and and put value on that on friendship and reach out to someone and and just you can say i could give you something, I could help you financially. But if you were to go and spend time, hours and hours with a person, days with a person over a period of time, that is going to be far more valuable and far more generous to that person because it will transform and change their life. Being generous with our friendship and time. Maybe one of the most generous things you could do is to give someone your time. You might say, I haven't got a lot of money, haven't got a lot of possessions, but we've all got time. We've all got the same time. We've all got the same time in a day. We can all do that. We can all reach out to someone and you might, you might have, someone might have wealth and they, they that's why I think, you know, sometimes it's easy for people who are wealthy, I've got plenty of money and they just can give people money and that's great, but I tell you what, I think it takes more effort and more sacrifice to actually step out and say, I'm going to give you my time because you're choosing them over maybe something else. It's very powerful and means a lot to people. Time is something you can never get back and we need to use our friendship and time with others very wisely. Through the week, I got a phone call from uh, someone in our church who uh, has a young guy working for him and just recently started working for him and said, can you come and have a chat to him? And uh, and he was, and I can't tell you all the circumstances, but he had, had a pretty tough time. The last four years has been pretty full on and he's just been asked to leave home and not because he'd done anything wrong, but a whole lot of situations and he's about 18 years old. And, um, and had a terrible time with his family. He's never had a dad, doesn't know who his dad is. And, uh, and all this stuff. And so he came to work one day and, and he said, you know, and this guy, and, you know, he's having a conversation. And he took, instead of taking a couple of hours to do a job, he took nine hours and, and all that kind of stuff. And so it took a lot of, you know, effort. And, uh, and so, and he, and he started crying and shared with, um, with this guy about, you know, about what's going on in his life. And, and so I went out to chat to him through the week And, uh, you know, and just spent some time with him and and talked about life and talked about all that kind of stuff. And at the end of it, I said, hey, I'd love to pray with you. And then he stopped and he said, he said, no one's ever talked to me like this in my entire life. And I was just having a conversation with him. I was just speaking positive things into his life, and so he said, "No one's ever talked to me about that in life. No one's, no one's ever." And then I said, "Well, I'd love to pray for you." And then so I prayed for him and just prayed that God would intervene in the situation and help him in the situation. And uh, and then he's, he's crying at the end of it and and just impacted by God's presence. And all I did was chose time. He didn't need fifty bucks. He didn't need some money. He needed some time. He needed someone to speak words of kindness. He needed to speak words of truth. He needed someone, and there's and I have conversations like that all the time with people, and I'm sure some of you do as well. Sitting out there, and it's amazing that if you will be generous with your time, generous with your friendship, generous with your words, generous if if it is with financially or possessions, that's good as well, whichever way. But let's be generous with what we have, with what God has given us, because generosity is the thing that generosity will actually hard it will it will you know you the hardest heart but it'll break down it'll soften the hardest heart when we're generous our words of kindness, when people realise that we've taken, we've made an effort that we actually really do care that we've actually we've chosen them over something else, that they may have thought well, that's going to be way more important, they're not going to want to talk to me but when we choose them over something else it actually breaks down every barrier and then when you speak words of life that Jesus gives it transforms a life I just want to finish off by sharing a couple of things of reasons that why we are generous. In 2 Corinthians 9, 6-9, there's a story that talks about being generous, about giving. And it says, here's my point. A stingy sower, this is a picture of a farmer with a field and all that kind of stuff. A stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. Let giving flow from your heart not from a sense of religious duty, let it spring up freely from the joy of giving, all because God loves hilarious generosity. That's the word it uses, hilarious generosity. Yes, God is more than ready to overwhelm you with every form of grace so that you will have more than enough of everything. Every moment and in every way, He will make you overflow with abundance in every good thing you do, just as the Scriptures say about the one who trusts in Him because He has shown, sown extravagantly and given to the poor. His kindness and generous deeds will never be forgotten. So it talks about someone who's generous, who is, another version says, a cheerful giver, someone who is happy to give. And the results of that, it says, it doesn't go unnoticed by God that his his deeds were remembered forever. If you look at that, with the start of it, it says, here's my point, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest. The picture is this, there's a farmer, this is what was being said, God's saying there's a farmer who has a barn full of seed, who's like got so much of it, and he's got this barn full of seed ready to plant or corn or whatever it may be, and it's all there, and he says, no, nah, I'm not going to plant anything. I'm not going to plant, I'm just going to, oh, I'll just get a, get one lot and just throw one lot out in the ground and that, that'll do. That's all I'm giving. I'm going to keep hanging, I'm going to hold on to this. I need to keep to this, this seed. I'm going to keep hanging on this barn floor. I might need it one day, so I'm going to hang on to it. And we're all looking at it going, if you plant the seeds, you're going to get an incredible crop. Why are you not planting the seed? Because no, I'm going to hang on to it. And so the picture is saying that if someone is someone who hangs on to that, a stingy sower will reap a meager harvest, but the one who sows from a generous spirit will reap an abundant harvest. And it would be silly for a farmer to do that. And any smart farmer would sow as much seed as he's got because he knows he's going to reap 10, 20, 30, 40, or 100 fold. I want to share this story that flows in with this. This is a story that, uh, from Charles uh, Chuck Swindle that uh, you may have heard of a pastor. shares a lot of stories, and this is a good one. Um, there was once a farmer who grew award-winning corn. Each year he entered his corn in the state fair where it won first prize. One year a newspaper reporter interviewed him and learned the farmer's strategy for growing winning corn. What was it? Simply this, the farmer shared his seed of corn with all his neighbours. And it says, how can you afford to share your best seed of corn with your neighbours when they are entering the corn in the competition with yours each year? The reporter asked, why, said the farmer, don't you know? The wind picks up pollen from the ripening corn and swirls it from field to field. If my neighbours grow inferior corn, cross-pollination will steadily degrade the quality of my corn. If I am to grow good corn, I must help my neighbours grow good corn. The lesson for each of us is this, if we are to grow good corn, we must help our neighbors grow good corn. The point out of that is this, when we're all generous, everyone's blessed. When we're all generous, it's like that farmer, it's like we're all sharing the goodness that God's given us. When we're all generous, everyone is blessed. It's not like we're doing well and they're they're not doing so well. Oh, well, too bad. You must be doing something wrong or whatever. No, we're generous. We share. We help them. We're generous. When we're generous, everyone is blessed. It says in Proverbs 3, can I have the worship team up or guitarist up or whoever wants to come up? It's all good. It says in Proverbs 3, 9 and 10, glorify God with all your wealth, honoring him with your very best, And with every increase that comes to you, then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. Then every dimension of your life will overflow with blessings from an uncontainable source of inner joy. The second point of why we give is that being generous brings joy to every dimension of your life. It brings joy. Now, joy isn't just happiness. Happiness comes and go, but the Bible says the joy of the Lord is our strength. It's a joy that's, it's, that stays. It's a joy that isn't something you have to like watch something funny and it makes you happy or you laugh about. It's a joy no matter what you're going through, a good season or a bad season, the joy of the Lord can actually still be there. You can be in a tough situation of your life, but there's a joy on the inside saying, I know it's going to be all right because my God is faithful. I know it's going to be okay because I have this joy on the inside that there's there's days coming where God's, where God's faith, there's I know still upon my life, and I'm gonna see the goodness of God in my life. It's a joy that stays in your life. So being generous brings joy, it says to every dimension of your life. And that's what really makes people, you know. I don't know if you've ever met someone that's really wants to hoard everything or really self-centered, when they're around someone who is generous, that they get furious because you're challenging their mindset. You're challenging, they're going, they're like, they don't like it because it's showing them up. They don't like it when someone's generous and then and you go through a tough time and say, see, I told you, you, look and you're still happy. And they're like, how can you be happy? How can you still be happy? You should be sad like me. you met people like that? I have. So when we are generous... Joy fills every dimension of our life. And the third thing is this. Last thing is this. Psalm 112, 4-10. to Listen to these words. Light shines in the darkness for the godly. They are generous, compassionate and righteous. Good comes to those who lend money generously and conduct their business fairly. Such people will not be overcome by evil. Those who are righteous will be long remembered. They do not fear bad news. They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. Their good deeds are remembered forever. They will have influence and honour. The wicked will see this and be infuriated. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away their hopes thwarted three points out of that is this the good comes to those it says who are generous good comes to those who are generous. If that's one reason, I, I don't want evil to come to me. I want goodness to come to me. I want to be generous because I know goodness comes out of it. And the second thing is they will not be overcome by evil. In other words, the enemy cannot overcome you. The enemy cannot get in so he can't attack you. He can't he can try and attack you, but he can't get on the inside. He he can't overtake you. He can't overcome you because it's like you're a generous person. And God loves generous people and he protects you and he watches with you and he, he puts a joy on the inside. Side, and the enemy gets frustrated. He's like, I can't get hold of that person. Everything I do, nothing affects him because the joy of the Lord is your strength. And the third thing is this they will have influence and honor, the Bible says. Influence, right at the start, we talked about our world, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. It's also talking about the influence of the generous gets larger and larger, and the more we are generous. Your influence in the world that you live in, your world, the people you meet, the places you go, will grow larger and larger. And it will be evident to people around you, like it was to Olivia's friend, that there's something different about you. God's light will shine out of you the way you live and what you speak and what you do and you won't have to be someone that preaches to someone or have to talk about Jesus and it'll be so noticeable especially in the world we're living in where the darkness you could say is becoming darker, the light will just become lighter and there'll be a clear, clear direction of what's darkness and light and in some ways that's that's good because it shows that the church will shine, Christians will shine and people that want the truth and want to know God, they will see it and they will come hungry to say what do you have because I need what you have I need what you have I shared this scripture this morning just to finish off tonight you know, God has many promises in his word many promises to us, we read some of them tonight about being generous, what happens to those who are generous and, and this scripture in Luke 137, I shared this one it's a great scripture, it says no one promise from God is empty of power for nothing is impossible with God. No one promise from God is empty of power. In other words, nothing that God has promised is powerless. But nothing is impossible with God. Nothing's impossible with God. Why don't you stand to your feet? You tonight to be people that are generous and I hope that that has helped some people in this place to understand that generosity when the Bible talks about generosity it's not just talking about finance or money or whatever and sometimes I think sometimes we can sort of think I haven't got a lot all the time I haven't got spare, and you think I need to give or whatever no generosity is far greater we can all be generous in many different ways Just before we finish, I'm just going to pray. I want to ask one question. I want to talk about, I want to ask questions that we ask every week about Jesus and whether you know Jesus in this place. The most generous thing that's ever been done in all of history is that God sent his one and only son, Jesus, to earth, left the glory of heaven to come to a stinky earth, really, full of darkness and sin, full of people that were just really horrible, that treated him badly. But he left all the glory of heaven to come to earth because the earth needed a saviour. We needed a saviour. And the most generous thing God did was send him. And the most generous thing Jesus has done is that he said, I will take their place. I will take their punishment upon a cross for the things they've done wrong, for my sin, your sin, things we've done wrong, mistakes we've made, people we've hurt things we've knowingly we've done wrong and we can come to him because jesus paid the price that we deserve we deserve death we deserve deserve judgment but he says "No, no no you can place it all upon me and god put all the judgment everything we deserve every punishment of sin was poured upon jesus on the cross so we could we don't have to suffer any of it we can come to jesus and say jesus forgive me forgive me the Bible says to confess your sins the things you've done wrong and he will forgive you and if you're here tonight just close your eyes for a moment if you're here tonight and you've never done that you've never given your life to Jesus or maybe, you've, maybe it's been 20 years maybe it's been 10 years and you kind of a long time ago but I've been distant from God and I need to come back to him if you're here tonight before we finish so that's me I need to do that tonight I've never given my life to him or I did a long time ago, but tonight I need to make sure that I'm forgiven. I need to make sure that Jesus is Lord, that I'm forgiven of my sin. If that's you tonight, just quickly slow up your hand. Thank you. Anyone else you want to do that tonight? Before we finish tonight. You may have never done it. But I've done it a long time ago. We ask this question every week because we don't want anyone to miss it. Does anyone else before we close tonight want to do that before we pray and finish? Awesome. I'll catch up with you, Joey, in a minute. I'm just going to pray. I'm not going to have an altar call or anything like that, but I'm just going to pray that this year, you know, God would have spoken to your heart and maybe, you know, there's, reminds you, you can be generous. So maybe he's mind you, hey, that you know maybe you could be more generous in other ways. Maybe you've not been generous with your time. Maybe you've not been generous with maybe your possessions that you could actually help someone that is in need by giving them a lift or doing something. Especially at Christmas time, you know when people are just maybe searching at this time of the year that there's ways that we can reach out to others and help them. Maybe you can be generous financially. Maybe God has blessed you with that, and that's awesome if you can be. But I just pray that you've been challenged tonight. That if we are all generous everyone's blessed if you're all generous everyone wins and you know what in our culture of Australia that uh, you know that may look at you know the church religiously or they have a mindset of what the church is do you know what will change that mindset it's generosity it's not preaching at them it's not listening up a whole lot of scriptures they'll just their ears will be shut but if you are generous and you give them your time and you bless them with what you have and reach out to them and go beyond what they thought they should, that will soften their heart and open their heart up to Jesus. That's what our city needs. That's what our country needs. That's what our world needs. They need to see Jesus through you and me, because that's exactly what Jesus did. So Lord, tonight, I just thank you for your word that is powerful. I thank you for your word, Lord God, that speaks clearly to us. And and I pray that tonight, in whatever way, Lord God, that we can be generous, Lord God, with with people, with our time, Lord, with our possessions, with our finance, whatever it may be, Lord God, with our friendship to others. Lord, whatever you challenge us with tonight, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you remind us, Lord God, that generosity is... key. Generosity is what you did, Jesus. You were generous with your life. You were generous to people. You were generous in everything you did, Lord. You gave time to people that they thought they would get no time from you. You gave time to people that no one else would hang out with. You went and gave them time. You gave them friendship. You gave them love. You took an interest in them. And I pray that we would do the same thing, Lord God, especially at this time of year when people... maybe some of the only times they'll come to uh, church Lord God maybe at Christmas and Easter and I pray Lord those that are going to come to a church they are going to come to this church on Christmas Eve or whenever it may be or get an invite Lord God I pray that we would be so generous to them We'd be so loving to them, so kind to them. they walk into this place and your presence, Lord God, like Olivia's friend's mum would, they'd sit in here for 10 minutes, Lord God, and your presence, Lord God, would touch their life, Lord God, and they'd be changed in a moment, Lord God, because all they need to see is your love. They just need to see you, Jesus. And I pray, Father God, that we would be gen- known as a church, known as a people that are generous, Lord God, with our lives, Lord God. And Lord, let there be hearts, Lord God, that are hungry and searching for you, touched by generosity and love in this place. Lord, I pray you'd, you'd create divine opportunities, Lord God, this week, Lord God, that, that people Lord, they would ask for help or there be some way that we can we can step into someone's life and, and give them time and, and friendship, Lord God. You create divine opportunities, Lord God, you did for me this week, Lord God. And I pray, Father God, that, Lord, that would be the key. That would be the thing that, Lord, draws them to you, Lord. Thank you for being so generous to us, Jesus. Thank you, Father God, for this Christmas time. We thank you that you sent your son into the world. that didn't really deserve it, Lord God, but you loved the world so much. You loved us so much that you couldn't hold back. But you said, oh, my son will come and pay the price for you so that I can have a relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him a hand tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Awesome. Let's finish up. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.